Greetings, greetings, and welcome to another episode of Out the Box Talks. I am your host, Krill. I am so excited to be back for another show. It means a lot. I mean, last week we were supposed to have a show, but uh, I'm going to be honest with y'all. It's, it was a busy week. Your brother is working on some things that um, will be coming out soon. And I just had a lot going on in the previous week. So my apologies to all our viewers and listeners for uh, not having an episode last Friday. But uh, I'm back. As I told y'all, I'm back. And we're going to keep this thing going. We are at episode 86. So that means we're getting closer to that 100th episode. And I feel good about that. And I, I really believe that before the end of this year, we will get to the 100th episode. I haven't figured out what I'm going to do for that 100th episode, but I think it's going to be good. So stick with me. You're going to continue to get that quality, that thought-provoking, creative, conscious hip-hop artist that I love to feature on this platform. The artist that I have for the show tonight is no stranger to creativity to consciousness to just straight quality as an MC and I'm so excited to build with him again because we had him on the show last year but if you've been checking out the box talks last year you know that most of the shows were audio shows we didn't really do a lot of video shows and this year has been really consistent with video shows I don't think we did any exclusive audio shows this year it's been videos every week for the most part so I'm happy to have him back on the platform I have been knowing of this brother for more than a I want to say at least a decade but probably a little bit more and I was actually featured on his show too so we'll talk about his um platform on YouTube as well so good brother he has put out a number of projects throughout the years. He, I, I feel like his first album that I got wind of, or maybe it was a mixtape, it's called Hip Hop in the Flesh, came out in 2007. And I feel like every year since then, he's been active, right? He's put out a project, Ever Living Sound, in 2008, and a number of collab projects throughout the years. He put out the Hip Hop and Soul project, and it came with some series. So you got the Hip Hop and Soul 2, Hip Hop and Soul 3 with uh, Mr. Joker. And I really, really enjoyed that project. He also put out a project called Crossroads in 2020 and another project called Sue Generous. Sue Generous, if I'm pronouncing it right, in 2020 as well. And he just recently put out an album entitled I Still Love Her, but also a book entitled, um, with the same title, I, I Still Love Her, but it's the Sciography. So we're going to talk to him about that today and all the other things that's been happening for him as of most recently. Before we jump into the interview, however, I do want to shout out some things happening with Out the Box really quickly. Remember, you can go to our website, outtheboxmedia.com to get acquainted with all the recent episodes and previous episodes all the way 
back to 2009. We also have our big cartel page where you can find merch, out the box merch. So you can get out the box tees, the podcast tees. We got a coffee mug up there. We got snapback hats and other merch material that you can rock to show that you are a proud supporter of the platform. And you can go to outtheboxmedia.bigcartel.com. Now, if you want to send donations and, you know, you want to show us, you support us another way, you know, if you just like, you know what, I'm just a one-time person, I just want to send a donation, you can do that by sending donations to PayPal at paypal.me slash outtheboxmedia. You can also send donations to Cash App at our cash tag, OutTheBoxRep. And if you want to be a subscriber to our Patreon page where you can find exclusive interview clips, never heard before interview clips that is not available to the public, only for Patreon subscribers, you could uh, go to this link, patreon.com slash outtheboxmedia and become a subscriber. It's only $2 a month, so it's not a lot. But we have over 23 exclusive interview clips and they're growing. So every, you know, as, as often as possible, I try to put out new clips and uh remember that if you are listening via youtube make sure you hit that subscribe button at out the box tv on youtube and if you are also listening via the audio podcast platform whether it be spotify google Podcasts, or apple uh make sure you follow or subscribe there as well all right so i just wanted to get that out of the way back to the real reason why we're here not to say that those are not real reasons as well, but um, our special guest today is uh, my brother. He is actually from the state of New Jersey, and he's repping that state really hard, too. <laughs> and uh, like I said, man, I've known this brother for a while now, so I'm really excited to build with him about his new book and project entitled I Still Love Her. So without further ado, I want to welcome to our Out the Box Talks listening audience and viewing audience, my brother hailing from New Jersey, the MC, the author, I can call him an author now, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the all-around talent, you know what I mean? I feel like this brother just is versatile in his talents. I want to welcome my brother Cy Marshall Law back to Out the Box Talks. what's good thank you you. peace peace trail thank you for having me back on the show i do appreciate you know what i'm saying thank you thank you thank you indeed man i know my intro was a little long today man but uh you know being that it's the first time i'm having you on the platform visually i felt like i needed to do a little more to to bring you in (laughs) I appreciate that. I, I take it every time. Indeed, indeed, man. So, what's good, man? How are you? Like, what's what's going on with you at this stage in time? Um, <laughs> a lot, right? Um, I mean, I just came out with a book on Monday. I came out with an album on Monday. Today is what Wednesday, so I'm just focused on the promotion of um these these things. The album's called "I Still Love Her." The book is called "I Still Love Her." It's um, it, you you jacked up the name in the beginning of the oh, show. It's, 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 it's biography, just like biography. 
But right, right. Then take, I thought I said psychography. Did I say sci? I, I guess I messed said that one up. Something real crazy. It wasn't psychography. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. So take out the buy, put the sign there. So psychography. Um, fifty-two laws of freedom that came out on Monday, and um, yeah, I've been focusing on that. The podcast, the clothesline. My family every day, 2021, 2020, you know, you know there's been a, a couple rough years for everybody. So it's been focused on uh, doing all the things that make me happy, all the things that I still love. So, yeah, that's what the album and book are both focused around. So that's indeed, what I've been focused indeed. on. So, yes, man, the psychography, let me get that correct, is <laughs> out now. And I have so much questions to ask you about the book. But I also want to talk to you about the album. So when I saw that the the album in the book was titled I Still Love Her, it immediately reminded me of the classic common track, I Used to Love Her, right? So for people that may not know, and I think if you're a hip-hop head, you know, but just for people that might not know, like who is the her? that you are talking about and why do you still love her? Her is, um, to be specific, her stands for hip hop in its essence is real. However, when I talk about her or when you talk about her, or when we talk about her, her can be anything that you love, anything that you've had a passion for, anything that um, reminds you of who you are at your core before life makes you ever have to conform. So that's what her really is. But for a lot of people, her is hip hop. But the thing I just defined is hip hop, another way of saying hip hop, but that could be a lot of things for a lot of different people. So her is just the thing that uh, is true to you, the thing that is raw to you, the the thing that is most real to you in your life that uh, you kind of want to stick to your guns about. And uh, the thing that makes you remember all the things that you love in this life. So that's really what her is. But by definition, hip hop in its essence is real, but that's really what hip hop is. Dope, dope, man. You know, it was, it was pretty cool that you came with the, I still love her. Like did, did you, did you, did commons record? And I know other artists have done, the I still love her theme as well. Um, did Commons Record have any influence on you wanting to take it there? Even though he said I used to love her, like did that have an impact on how you created the actual title? I mean, um, it, it it came from Commons. I used to love her for sure. Um, I wasn't like hardcore thinking about Common and and how to play on that. When I made this idea, I just, um, it was just how I was feeling at the time, mm. really. Like I was thinking about hip hop and all of, all the places it's taken me all over planet Earth and the, all the things it's taught me every time it's hurt me, every time it's loved me. every t- and I was just, you know, in a zone thinking about it one day and I was just like, you know what? I really still love her. <laughs> like, uh, like almost like sometimes we've had a love-hate relationship, but at the end of the day, it's like this family member that you you know you might not always like, but you you know you love them. So I still love her. So I was just thinking about it one day, and that, um, you know, I wrote the song "I Still Love Her," and it started out as a solo song, but then ended out um me inviting 
the feature artist on it, Venomous. We recorded it um, in South Jersey at my mom's house. But any, anyhow, um, we both were just feeling like that. We had been in the game for a long time, and it was like the game had took us everywhere from highs, lows, ups, downs, lefts, rights. But at the end of the day, we were still there putting all of our heart into it because we still loved it. And um, yeah, so it definitely came from the idea of I used to love her. And I'm pretty sure if you, you ask Common today, he would say, I still love her. Right, right. <laughs> I, I, I figure that. I figure that. You know, when I look at your discography over the years, there's a lot of hip hop in it, right? I mean, just even in the titles, right? And I could see, I mean, you have a website called Hip Hop in the Flesh, which is named after your your 2007 project. So I could see like how much hip hop is tied into a lot of what you do, you know, and even I got a chance to check out some of the book. I mean, I just literally, you know, got a, got a chance to purchase it today. Um, you know, the, the digital version and got a chance to like see some of it. And that even like in the beginning of the book, you're, you're talking about, you know, the impact of hip hop. Right. So I wanted to ask you, though, like, which came first? Was it the book or the actual music? The book came first, but it's funny because they've been a long time in the making. Like the song, I used to love her. Um, we probably started this song 12 years ago, literally. Like it's a very old song. And this this book, I probably started it uh, probably eight years ago. So they're, they're both pretty old. Um, so I'd say that the song came first, but then the book came in the middle and then the album kind of finished it off. So I kind of made them at the same time, at the same time. Nice, nice, nice. You know, this, this book is like 300 plus pages. Um, and it consists of 52 laws of freedom. Uh, take me through the process of what it took to actually get this book out? Um, like if you could break it, it into steps. Um, okay, if I could break it into steps, I would, I would say it was almost like writing a rhyme. I don't know how everybody writes their rhymes, but I suppose I can tell you how I write mine. Um, when I'm trying to write a topic I don't just write it from A to Z. It's almost like one of those movies where um, it might start at the end and the middle might be like at the end, you know, like kind of. So during the course of um, my life, over the last eight years, whenever I felt like something occurred to me that was very profound, I would write it down. Mm. And it would be, I would, I would, I would call it an original law because that's what it would be like. Uh, something would happen to me in my life, and I would think, you know what? This. And I would write like a sentence down and be like, I'm going to live by this sentence. So over the course of eight years, I have I probably made like 70-some 70, 70 of them. Wow. But um, I, you know, truncated them down to the 52 that I felt like these laws were during the, my last eight years, the things that I went to went through these, I can point to these laws. Mm. And, um, so some of the laws came before, they're not in order of like how I learned them. So some of them I learned first, some learned second. So that's how the laws came up, came about. And, um, and that's why I can't say like, I wrote the album 
before or after because some of the laws came definitely before I wrote any word of the album. And then mm-hmm. some of the laws I, I created this year, you know, just a couple months ago. So, wow. um, wow, that's quick. Yeah, yeah. Let me do this. I probably should have asked this first, so I'm gonna rewind a little bit. Give me a understanding of like just the concept of this book. Like, what is the purpose of this book for listeners? I mean, for readers. Well, well, it's um, it's art, and the purpose of any art is to create and be expressive. So that's the main point of the book. And the book is a part autobiography. It's part self-help. It's part motivation. It's part coloring book. And it's part guide. So it's my own autobiography. And within my autobiography, I tell what parts of my life I was able to make these laws about. So I'll tell a story about, um, say, I tell a story about something that happened in my life. And within that story, I'll tell how I was able to come across this law. So the law, any law, it can be like law 37. It might be do the best you can to be the best you can. I'll tell a story of how I came about that law. And then after the law, I have a section where it's like a coloring section. And I want it to be a coloring section because I feel like a lot of times we're, um, you know, racing here, there, you know, life is like a rat race. We might be at work. We might be doing all sorts of things. And in my life, um, the times that I've been able to like slow down and just be and allow myself to kind of think or when I'm um, creating art and I wanted to kind of guide the reader to make sure that they had time to create art because in my times of creating art that's when I feel like I can meditate and these thoughts really come to me so I one one way to create art is to color and coloring is like a huge I don't know if you knew but coloring is a huge thing in 2021 so I wanted to create a part of the book where you got to and you were kind of forced to sit down and color and meditate for like however long it takes you to color in the book and then after you finish that part you go to another part of the book so i wanted the book to really take ideally i want the book to take someone a year to read like each law because there's 52 weeks in the law it's 52 weeks in a year so each law is a week so i want you to read one law and then meditate on that law for the week you know, color the picture, and then the next week you meditate on the next law, and the next week you meditate. And within each law, I'm giving you like a, a piece of my life as far as autobiography and how I came about that law. So it's a, it's a really unique book. I've never heard about someone doing something like this before. Um, but coming back to what I originally said is art, and I, I always feel like um, the best art is, is really unique and original and, and someone has to do it first and um it's just something i felt like doing i didn't want to be put into a box like some people might want just an autobiography or some people might just want a coloring book or some people might just want a self-help book well i'm not just one thing like all the things i do the podcast the clothes the mc and the author i'm not just one thing so as i was thinking about how to create this book i was like no i don't just want to do one thing i want to be all the things that i i am and try to place them in one place so that's what the book is about and the book you know it's all the things that i love to do i love to help people i love to motivate people so within these laws i'm motivating people and i feel like i i hopefully am helping people be the best versions of themselves because i i feel like in certain parts of my life i found good ways to be the best version of myself and it's sometimes i've been i found ways not to be the best version of myself but i feel like within the book i i was very um 
I made it uh, a goal of mine to be honest. So sometimes, you know, I haven't been the best, but I wanted to show that and then create a law of why, you know, I was able to realize that. So it's just, that's what the book is. Yeah. I noticed, um, like I said, in the first few pages of the book, you know, you kind of gave a little bit of your history, you know, you know, where you were born and, you know, even your name, how it came to be. And I think it's really interesting that you were able to infuse like your life with laws that people could learn from. It was almost like you, you, you know, what's the, what's the word they say? They say you kill two birds with one stone um, (laughs) by knocking out an autobiography slash self-help, you know? Um, And I, it, it, it felt, it felt like you, like, you know, as, as I started reading about what the book was about, it felt like you, cause I feel like you do that in your music as well. <laughs> I wanted, I right. yeah, I, I wanted to ask you though, like, how does the, how do you see the album different from the book or like, how does the album complement the book? Sure, sure. So the album um, is just a different version of the book. So within the album, my whole purpose of the album is the same as the purpose of the book. And the, that is to not conform and to be myself and to do all the things I love. So on the album, I think there are a lot of different topics on the album, but the album is very cohesive because in each song you can tell, although the songs are, are about different things, the purpose and the underline of each song is how much I love hip hop. So whether I'm talking about the innocence of love, which is a love song, or whether I'm talking about the electric b-boy, or whether I'm talking about the song creators, or whether I'm talking about MF Law, which is just spitting them, the, the bottom underline is these are things he loves, and that's what intertwines everything. So within the book, within each chapter, I'm just speaking about the things that I love. And, and that's how I was able to make each law, law. Each law is based on, you know, love. That's At the root of each law, you're going to find love. And at the root of each of these songs, you're going to find love. But each law is going to be different and each song is going to be different. But what's able to intertwine them is Simar and the love of myself and the love that I tried to give off to other people. So that's what's going to intertwine both. But that's also what's going to make them different. Got it. Now, I know you said 52 laws, uh, the expectation that it'll take about a year to for someone to actually practice all laws. Yeah, I mean, I, you can read it at any, any space you want, any pace, but, I'll, you know, ideally. Understandable. Have Has anyone experienced any of the laws yet, like, outside of yourself? Like, I mean, I know the book is fresh, but I'm sure in the process of you writing it, you probably had other people read it or I don't know, or maybe someone you were able to pass, you know, just kind of what you were thinking with maybe like a family member or someone like, has anyone experienced any of the laws yet outside of yourself? You mean like, has anyone read the book? I want to say read the book. So yeah, we could go with that, but being that it just, fresh came out I was more leaning towards like have you shared any of the laws with anyone else I have I have okay and what has been the reception of some of you know what those laws are has anyone reaped any of the benefits from the laws or spoke to you about it 
Has anyone reaped any of the benefits of the laws? I'm sure I haven't necessarily spoken to anyone that okay. has been like, yo, this specific law. However, um, the laws are who I am as a person. So if you speak to me on a day-to-day basis, the things that you you find out in this book, they're things that I say all the time. They, they're me. Okay. So um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I would hope someone has benefited from right. Just, I, just being around you and observing you. I, w- I would think so. Because there's, there's kind of um, people who inspired me to write it. It was a lot of people. People that nice. I, you know, friends or, or family or, or fans, whoever, just people who I spoke to on a day-to-day basis for a long time kept telling me, write a book. You should write a book. You, you should write a book. And it would just be off of conversations. Nice. That's dope. It's dope when people can see the light in you and encourage you to push forward in that way. So I want to stay on this book, but I'm going to get to the music, but I want to stay on the book because I think it's a milestone for you, man. Like this, this is a huge thing. You know what I mean? And I'm looking again, I go back to the 300 pages. Like that's not easy to do in my viewpoint. I mean, I don't know if you think that's easy, but I'm saying that's not easy to do. All right. <laughs> Talk to me about um, like what was the most challenging part about getting this book out? The most challenging part. <laughs> Come on with it, the man. Most challenging part. Nah, I'll be honest. The most challenging part was when I was done and I had to read it all back. And then <laughs> I, I, had, I had I had um I had two different editors. So my first editor. I won't say his name, but I think he quit on me because my 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 job might have been so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I was always in the honors English classes, like in, in in high school, in you know school. I was never that great at math, any other class, but English I was that guy, and um, I used to get good grades in English, but not perfect grades, and I could. I never got perfect grades because I never wanted to follow the rules of um, the English rules. Like I would, if he gave us a topic, I would write whatever the topic was about and I'd write a, an incredible essay, but I didn't want to follow like the grammar rules. I just wanted to write. So <clears throat> I kind of, you know, I graduated high school, school, whatever. So I wrote this long book and I sent it to the editor and I'm thinking, I know how to write. I was always in honors English classes. So he sent it back and it was the most humbling experience with my first edit came back with the red all over it. So that that was the hardest part. Having to read my book like, oh my God, I can't put this out. <laughs> it was so funny at the time. That, so that was hard. And then um, I thought I was done. Me thinking I was done. That was the hardest part. Dope, dope. I got, I got it. Uh, at what point did you say enough is enough? I'm not going to read this anymore. Even after the edits, because I I I I, I want to believe that as the main author of this book, like you can be pretty critical, right? And 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 even though you get the edits back, you're like, I want to check this out one more time. At what point do you like, you know what? I'm done. Because that's that uh, could be it challenging. Was right up until the end. Mm. And when was the end? When did you you finish? Um. About two months ago. Got it. So, um, so yeah, it was right up until the end. But um, I I have this conversation with um, my guy Chopzilla, who who 
uh, produced most of my album uh, yesterday. And I was just like, yo, nothing there. Like, what's perfect? Like, there is no perfect. I, I made a whole entire album called Imperfectly Perfect. And that was my point. People get hung up on perfect so Word. badly, they never do anything. So, um, yes, I could definitely pick my... I could, any piece of art I've ever put up out, there's always something in it. I personally can find and be like, I could have done that better. But if I hang on that stuff, uh, you know, a lot of things will never get put out. Yeah. And I, that that paralyzes a lot of people from creating. So, yeah, and yeah, there's definitely something in the book I could change. Or yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of people end up not never putting stuff out because of right. that, you know. So right. I, I, I totally hear you on that. Tell me what was the most fun? The most fun part of the book? Of creating the book. Uh, reliving some of the stories that I told. Nice. Some of them really made me laugh, cry, get angry. Some I had to like not put in. Some I had to go back and be like, yo, they, they need to hear this. So that, that was pretty cool. And I had to uh, remember a lot of stuff. Um, you know, when you read someone's autobiography and they say something very specific from very long ago and you're like, yo, there's no way dude's memory is that ill. Like I had to, I had some parts of the book where I was like, I, I need to know the specifics of this. So I needed to go and research and ask somebody else. Like, can you fill in this blank? I know this kind of happened, but can you give me, you didn't know what I'm talking about. You had to have read an autobiography. Like, yo, there's no way he remembered that. And then, you know, whoever helped him write the book, like helped do the research. So that part was fun when I was like, yo, this is a book. So I should be specific. I need to like, do some research and go. So that was pretty cool. Nice, nice. It's cool that you took, like you, you're able to enjoy that experience, right? Because it for some people it could be like, man, like I didn't think it was going. I would have to go that deep, you know what I mean? Because you know, having it in your mind and then putting it down on paper, or writing or typing it, whatever you do to get it in text form, it's a whole different. Uh, how you say it's a whole different translation, right? You realize yeah, yeah. that what you what you're what you're speaking, what you might verbalize, you got to put it a certain way now in text, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I know that experience, but it's cool that you found joy in the whole research aspect of it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So, did you experience like any like writer's block, like like? You know, we we know we writer's block as far as like writing rhymes, but I'm saying like, like, did you experience writer's block as far as writing the book? And like, if so, how did you overcome it? No, nah, I didn't experience that because it took a, a long time to write, and I wasn't trying to write it straight through. Mm. I only sat down and wrote it like when I I had something to write about. Got it. So I didn't. So that's that's pretty much the answer. Nice, 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 nice. Wow. Did you have a, a order of like a system to how you drew inspiration or was it just kind of like it came as it came? It came as it came. You know, I, I'll go through life and, and, you know, certain things hit you. I, I mean, I, I I don't know about you, but for me, I would think you too. I, sometimes something will happen in life and then a light bulb will go off. It's like a light bulb moment. And um, it's just I, I'm I got pretty good. My mom taught me how my mom taught me to do it, how to catch those moments and um, don't 
like catch them and make something out of it. Like something happens in your life, then you have a light bulb moment. And then you can either grab that moment and like memorize it and like make sure it's it's a lesson you don't have to learn again, or you can forget it. And I feel like if you forget the lessons, you're just going to be in the same position again. And I feel like that's almost, you know, who who knows at the end of the day what they're going to say, what all this life is about. But I would imagine that we are here to evolve. So, you know, we learn these things. And if we, we come across these experiences, and if we don't learn something from them, if we don't have light bulb moments during some of these experiences that we have, then we're like destined, either destined or doomed to live these experiences again. So um, sometimes I have these moments and uh, each each law in this book has been a moment I've had that I'm like, yo, I can learn something. Like, what I'm, what's the lesson here? What's the silver lining? And then, psh, let me. This is what I think. This is what Simon thinks. I'm gonna I'm gonna move like this going forward. And um, you know, my in my at my best self, I move at all these laws. You know, with all these laws. And and I I often don't um. I don't want to come off as though I'm holier than thou because these laws are just like um, any other laws, laws that, you know, you may read in any book and um, you have to be a special type of person to be able to like always maintain these things. So um, I do my best to uphold all these laws. These are what I believe the best, the best version of myself follows these laws, but I definitely have had parts of my life where I haven't followed these laws. Right, right, right. And then um, I paid for it because I didn't follow them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a learning lesson too, right? Um, you you, right. Um, you gain from that too. So let's talk about the album, which is obviously the same title. You know, uh, I still love her. Tell me about the process of creating the album. Like, I know you said you kind of like, it was like, side by side as you were creating the actual book like what what was like the production support that you had to lean on i know you mentioned the producer earlier but like this let me just say this this album i don't want to say this is your magnum opus but it feels like that you know i don't i don't know if it's because of the alignment with the book but if I just listen to the, just going straight off of the tracks, like there's a lot of rich production, the, you know, there's, there's like real powerful songs on this project. There's that, you know, that spitting, you know, on point Saimar that we know, but I feel like a lot of the records are big on this record and I just feel it as like a full body of work. Uh, not saying like you have so much work that's put out, but something about this record seems bigger than a lot of your other music that's come out. Um, talk to me about how you went into actually getting it to have the sound that it has. Um, there's a there's a lot of different ways I can answer that question. Um, I try to answer it every way. Um, how did I do it? How did I do it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I cracked myself up. I'm cracking myself up because I'm I'm thinking about the insides of how I think. So I have I have a um, I have a nasty competitive streak. 
I have a nasty competitive streak. And I've put out a lot of projects. I've put out a lot of albums in my time. And um, I felt like I put out, a, in my opinion, good, good albums. But at the end of these years, I keep noticing my albums are not on these end of the year lists. So last year, that shit kind of annoyed me. <laughs> I see where you're going. So with I, I was like, you know what? What am I missing? I, this, this was my thought. And I was like, you know what? I'm about to do everything so they can't say anything. Like, <laughs> So I, I, I made all these songs and then I kept cutting songs. And, um, you know, as far as sound quality, as far as, like, I tried to, like, just hit every angle and hit every knob. And every time there was something that um, I felt like uh, it wasn't good enough, it got cut. So um, it kind of got made through a competitive nature and um, love. Love it, and and it was the love of um, love of just like it's like Kobe Bryant going to the gym, like yo, I love this shit. I'm not about to take this L, <laughs> and just you know trying to perfect every part of 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 my game because I know people were gonna listen to it, and I know you know a lot of people were gonna come out with some dope ass albums, and I um, you know who who knows how much longer, how many more albums I'm gonna put out, and um. I've just come to a point where uh, I don't want to be attached to what the outcome is. So in order to detach myself from the outcome, I wanted to do so good that the outcome didn't matter if that, if that makes sense. Like, mm. like I'm happy with myself. Like it doesn't even matter what happens at this point. Right, right, right. And I, I it almost feels like even though you set out to make, you know, that top 10 list or top 20 list at the end of the year, I feel like from what I'm hearing you say is that you'll be satisfied even if you still do, don't make it. Yeah, because yeah so it started like that and I put my head down so hard and when I looked up, it didn't like matter where I was. Like it started like that, but it's, it's almost like you training for a, a fight to beat somebody and you train so hard by the time you're done, you forget about who you're fighting because it's like, yo, I'm, I don't even need to fight this dude anymore. Like mm -hmm. I learned so much about myself from trying so hard that like I, I realized I won. So a lot of times people are successful and they don't give themselves credit for their success because they're looking for success in some other type of way. They're looking for, I, I think I made a post about this shit the other day that the people are looking for success by approval from other people or just like someone else saying that's that's what i'm really trying to say at the beginning i was looking for approval by someone else saying like yo your shit is good your shit is hot but i i know i just worked so hard and put so much into this it's almost like i don't need that shit anymore because i know what i just did word word so and, that's what it and, is and there's a a gratifying feeling in being able to stop for a second and reflect on all you've done. And I think a lot of times we don't do that. We're always looking at the next thing that we need to do. <laughs> and um, I think that's good that you, uh, you brought that up. So one of the things I do want to mention that is, that really makes this album very special too, is the cover art. It speaks volumes Talk to me about how the cover art was created, you know, 
and and for those that may not know, the cover art is literally right to the left of Saimar. <laughs> you see it in the image right now. It's right behind you. Um, yeah, I know. It's 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 for those that are looking, they're gonna see it. So it's that like kind of like an animated image of you. Tell me about how this cover art came together and what's actually you know what's 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 being depicted with you in this particular cover. Well, this guy, this guy has a fresh edge up, so it almost don't look like me. <laughs> um, so I just I I wanted to get to do a portrait. I want to do a portrait of my last album, which was um Sui Generous, but um the producer who I made it with didn't want to get a portrait of us, so I took the idea for myself. <laughs> no, but I, um I, it worked out because um the album is is about me, and I feel like when someone at the end of your day, at the end of your life, your choices, I, I once read a quote that said something like, your choices at the end of your day, at the end of your life will, will, will paint a portrait of who you are. So I thought about that quote and I just thought, why am I at this point? So in this album, I wanted to put out, you know, who I was at that point and the things I loved at that point and just, so I just, took that idea and thought of a portrait who I who am I at this point because our choices up until this point in our life will always create a portrait of who we are so I just thought who am I at this point and this album was about me and what I love so I just like it should be a portrait and um because um as far as like how like what the artist did as far as like uh, you know I'm backwards I'm going like it's this. to your left um, it's to your <laughs> left the back of so the, yeah. as far as the artist like like splashing paint all over that, that's purely the artist's idea. I, I said I wanted my logo on it. I said I gave them a picture of me with a fresh haircut, and it was just like create you know drew a portrait. So yeah, that's where it came from. Wow. Well, the artist <laughs> did a really wonderful job. I mean, it. You know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words, right? And this painting definitely speaks in that direction. You know that those in that volume. Who who is the uh, the the artist? If you don't mind sharing, uh, Shrila from uh, Sri Lanka. Wow. Okay. So being able to cut that's another thing I've seen you do for a long time in your career is connect with people and work with people internationally. How how has that benefited your career to this point? Being able to, you know, just involve yourself in collaborations with people beyond the states uh it's been cool I, how has it helped i mean i know someone in every continent like i know someone that i can talk to right now in every continent that's i don't know dope. i think that's pretty cool definitely um how yeah how has it helped it's when I was touring, it helped more when I was going to Europe because I could go to like different countries and I didn't always have to get a hotel because I actually knew people in these countries. But um, it's just been cool knowing that um, I have uh, an impression or an influence in these different countries. Uh, so as far as it helped, I'm pretty sure it's helped uh, me get some sort of fan base in those countries. But um, beyond how it's helped, I just think like it's, it's cool. I mean... I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to different people. I enjoy networking. I understand that um, we're more the same than we're different. Um, we just, you know, seem different on the outside. So a lot of times, a lot of people don't connect with the people, even in, you know, in your home 
could be someone at work, right? Someone you never talked to. They just look different than you and you never talk to them. But had you just talked to this person, you would find out you have a world of things in common with this person. So it happens all the time. And I just feel like, um, because I've kind of always known that it's been something that I've, I've tra I'm attracted to just talking to people from different everything, even with I could be at work or talking to someone from a different country. I just like talking to different because I just understand we might look different, but there's a lot we have in common. But yeah, so that's that's that. I, if I answered your question, no, I you like definitely I did. You definitely yeah. did. So on the song, I want to get to some of the music on the album as well. On the song for Jersey, you talk about your love of growing up in New Jersey, even though you weren't born there. I know you originally from in born in England, right? Yeah. If you had to describe Jersey to someone far away from the tri-state area, like what would you say makes Jersey so special to you aside from it being close to New York? New Jersey. So <clears throat> they call America a melting pot of cultures. They call New York the epicenter of that melting pot. Um, <clears throat> however, New York is primarily, uh, when you talk about New York, you're thinking about the city. So you have this city that is the epicenter of a melting pot of maybe planet Earth. And that's right next to New Jersey. So <clears throat> there are a lot of people on planet Earth who um, they can't deal with the city life. And not to say New Jerseyans can't deal with it, but a lot of it spills right over into New Jersey. And on the other side of New Jersey is Philadelphia, another city. So a lot of that city spills over into New Jersey. So a lot of you have the, you have the ep epicenter of the melting pot of planet Earth. And in between that, you have another epicenter, which is Philadelphia. But, you know, maybe not... Just a different type of New York, but in between that is New Jersey. And New Jersey, they call that the Garden State. So you have all these suburbs, but within this area, you don't have people that are just like suburban. It's like these two cities in combined. So uh, it, it's really hard to explain because it's, maybe it's not hard to explain, but you don't really find New Jersey anywhere else on earth because you find a little bit of everything in New Jersey, mm. but it's this place that looks like. It's not a city because like, it's like, it's in between two cities, but it's like, you have all the things from the city, but it's like in a suburban area. And then it is its own melting pot. And um, New Jersey just is just so dope because um, it, it's definitely not a city, but uh, you'll, you know, you find everything in New Jersey from, you know, high life to suburbs, to the hood, to the get, like everything is in New Jersey but it's not a city and you, you get have kind of a suburban life, but you know, there are parts of, so New Jersey's just, is so dope. So dope. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty dope how like when I see cats repping Jersey, like it doesn't matter what part of Jersey they from, like they are repping Jersey as a whole. Right. But when yeah, you yeah, really yeah. think about Jersey, Jersey is huge. <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. I've driven places to Jersey, that feels like it's forever to get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas yeah. with New York, you could be, you know, you could get from Brooklyn to Manhattan just like this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you could literally be driving from Brooklyn to like 
all the way up in Westchester. And mm. there's so much difference that's happening between that, right? You got the boroughs, you got Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, you got all that. Right. But in Jersey, it don't matter where you at, suburbs to suburbs to suburbs to Newark to everybody reps Jersey. So I think right. that's that I think the how you say the the unity or the camaraderie as a whole, like it is special. You know, right, right. And I know on the song you also mentioned a number of Jersey MCs. Like you said, Red Man is your favorite, which is which tends to be a lot of you're not the only one. I I'm I, there's so many people that I know that either come from Jersey and, or might not even be from Jersey as well, and he becomes like their favorite. Like what is it about Red Man that makes Jersey Cat say, you know what? This is this is the guy. This is the one. This is the bit. This is the best. Yo, for me, it's a lot of reasons, but for me, I would say when I was coming up during the game, there was um there wasn't as many New Jersey cats as like you know the other say New York or even California. So in New Jersey, we only had certain people to pick from, and when we had someone to pick from, Red was like the ultimate Jersey cat. Like he didn't give up. So as far as like the way someone from New Jersey acted like, because if you're from Jersey, like I, New Jersey cats don't want to be from New York at all. They don't want to be from Philly. They're so Jerseyed out, and Red Man personified Jersey like in everything he did. So beyond him personifying Jersey and everything, did his flow was incredible. No one rapped like Red Man. No one. I, I can't think of anyone at the time from New York or Philly or anyone that didn't give a less of a F than Redman. And that is so Jersey. Like, yo, this is who we are. We're as good as anybody else. And and he was just like, he had Jersey on his back. So for, so for so long, Red had Jersey on his back. And I, because I'm from New Jersey and I'm a team player and I'm just like, it's like, yo, this guy did this for us. Like he did it for us. And I'm home team as hell. I'm like, yo. He did that for me. Like, if it wasn't for Red, I wouldn't be able to do the things I'm doing now. Like, he definitely... So how do I even have the audacity to be like, Red is not my favorite. Red is my favorite. <laughs> and, you know, his flow is stupid still. That's a great yeah. explanation. That makes so much sense. Let me ask you this. I don't know if you watch basketball, but I got to ask you this. Are you still a Nets fan? <laughs> Um, am I still a Nets fan? Or are you, well, even I, if, yeah, go ahead. I mean, even if you're not, if you, even if you weren't, like, do you have any allegiance to the Nets still, being that they crossed over to New York as a Brooklyn team? I'm always going to have an allegiance to the Nets. Um, but I never was um, a hardcore Nets fan. And okay. that, that, um, that, that's Shaq's fault, Shaq and Penny. <laughs> ah. Um, Orlando Magic to the to the end. That's what's up. That makes sense. That. So yeah, I got you. You and you. It's just is you seem like somebody. Just you know, I know there's a lot. Like Sky Zoo is a big Penny Hardaway fan. You know, you know. And as I'm thinking about you and just your personality and your vibe, like it makes sense. I I can see you being. Like a, a hardcore, you know, Orlando Magic fan of the '90s. Let me see if I can pull this shit out for you. Where is it? Oh, if I had my 
my my um basketball cards are somewhere right around here. I don't want to leave the interview, wow. but I have um yeah 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 like like fifty Penny Hardaway rookie cards. Really? Wow, yeah, man! You brought it back, man. I remember um somebody posted a I forget who it was the other day posted some flair you know basketball cards and i'm like yo you taking it back like i literally yeah, got a trapper keeper with like basketball cards i gotta go ask my mom like if it's still in the crib somewhere I, yeah, yo if yeah. i find that joint yo <laughs> that yeah, car's probably worth money yeah word word that's what's up though so i wanted to ask you about uh the track Innocence of Love. It features who I believe is the vocalist, Kofino. Am I am I is that a, yeah. the singer? Yeah. He's he's featured a number of times on the project. Um let's talk about that actual title though, Innocence of Love. Like how would you define the innocence of love? And when was the last time you actually experienced it? I like that question. Um how would I define it? Um so love can be defined a lot of ways. Um, so the innocence of love, I would suppose, would be love is caring about something. And there are a, a few different ways to care about it, something. I had a conversation with my friend the other day, and he said to me, um, you know, I'm... Um, I'm the type of person who who cares too much, and sometimes it hurts me. And I said, um, "Nah, that's that's not caring. That's called you know obsession, and obsession is not caring. And being obsessive with something is not loving it. There's a whole difference. So um, when you have the innocence of love, it's like an obsession on one end, and an innocence is when you just have purity of heart, and it's not." needing to own anything it's not needing it's not needing to have anything it's just having love it's not needing to do anything it's just the innocence just being it's not needing anything it's like when you're in the room with someone you love and you can be in the room with them the whole day and not say anything because you're you just okay you're in love with that presence it's not having to try so sometimes when you're in a relationship um at the beginning it feels like there's a lot of innocence because you're with this person and you feel like you don't have to try when you first fell in love with hip-hop there was nothing you had to think about it was just it was like the grass growing you know you just were it just was it just was something but then you know kind of like the movie brown sugar is you you know is it brown sugar i'm thinking about something like that as you got older all the you know complicated things started happening and you lost the innocence just like in a in a relationship you know all these things started happening in your life marriages divorces kids this that and other jobs and then the innocence the purity the who you were at the beginning your core like what i'm talking about and you know i still love her the innocence is what i'm talking about so that's the innocence of love before anything came in and like tainted it and like tried to conform and take away the purity of just caring before it got obsessive or changed into anything else. Just the beginning. Yeah. I think you did a great job on, on your verse on the song kind of, you know, expressing that, but I wanted you to just kind of elaborate on it for the Thank audience. You. So the other question I asked was, uh, when, when was the last time you experienced the innocence of love? Oh, 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 that's, um, if you don't mind sharing. 
No, 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 it's easy. No, it's easy. It, it wasn't easy until um, you said it just like that, because I suppose I... I mean, I don't want to say it's the easy way out of the question, because it's the truth. Um, but um, let me show you. You probably can't see, but these are my children. It's my oldest guy, my youngest guy. Oops. Uh, my middle guy, my daughter. So um, I very innocently love them, but uh, how, how can I? The innocence of love. My eyes. Don't overthink it. Take your time. Yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to overthink it, but um, you know, my it got to be something to do with my kids because uh, like uh, it's very pure between you know me and them, and you know I, I my youngest is three, and when he was first born, you know, first seeing him, that innocence. But there's a diff, diff, a few different ways to think about innocence of love. Um, um I think I got you though. You know, when you think about your kids, because there's nothing more pure than than the youth. Right. Like it's one of them, you know, like they they are innocent often to a lot of things. And there's a purity that comes with that. So I, I at least see the direction you're going in with that. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more so like my oldest son, he loves basketball and um, he had to go through a lot of um, life lessons through basketball. But I could I saw his innocence of love when he first started level before like politics got involved. He just, so I see it all the time. I see it all the time. Definitely. Definitely. So on the track, normal view growing up in the pandemic, you start off the intro introducing sort of like an interview with a youth named Ozzy. But hmm. when you actually listen to the song, it's you speaking, it's your voice speaking from the perspective of, of the youth. Can you elaborate on what's happening with the lyrics on the track and, you know, whose view is being told, you know? Sure, from- sure. So, um, you know, as you know, I have my um, podcast, The Sign Marshall Law Show. I do it in the mornings. Um, so on the show, I think it's like episode 37. I, I have an episode called Growing Up in the Pandemic because at the time I, I thought um, I was watching a lot of things on the news and I didn't see anyone interviewing any kids asking them kind of what they were going through in the pandemic. So I thought, um, let me have my first interview and my let my first interview be my own kid. So I interviewed my kid, um, both of my um, sons. I interviewed my oldest son, Tyshaw, and my younger son, um, Azzy. Um, so we call, his full name is Azariah. We call him Azzy, A-Z-Z-I, Azzy. So um, that, the beginning, the intro of that song is actually an episode to the Sign Marshall Law Show. It's on YouTube right now, episode 38, 37, or 39, but it's called Growing Up in the Pandemic. So that actual first 10 seconds is on YouTube somewhere. So the um, engineer pulled that off YouTube and used it as the beginning of the song. Got it. But um, I was asking, I interviewed both of my sons about, uh, you know, the pandemic. So all the answers in that so all the answers they gave me i turned them into a song mm. and um i wrote it from the perspective of both of my sons um and really just any kid in the pandemic and um yeah so i in the interview i i made it seem like i was giving the answers from the perspective of, of my 15 year old son but the answers were really his answers my daughter's answers my son's answers and really any answers that i was able to pick up from just what I was able to see, what I, I see in regular, regular everyday life. So, yeah. Nice. 
what would you say you've gathered from the experience of receiving all of those answers? What have I gathered? I have gathered that um, I've gathered that we are not going to see or understand the impact that this is having on children until it happens. Mm. They are definitely going through things. Because imagine this. Adults are going through things. Good night, my guy. Adults are going through things and they're clearly like going to therapy. They're getting fired, vaccine this, vaccine that, COVID this. Like they're clearly going through things. And kids who are not even mature yet, they're going through these things too because these kids are doing things that are like having to homeschool for the first time and having to open up these applications and programs and being left at home to do these things while their parents go to work. So they're being stressed out on a level while they're being taught by a teacher who's being stressed out, who's doing God knows what. So these kids are going through these things uh, as far as not being able to see their friends, the mass, they're, they're growing up in a time where there's no possible way for us to see the impact that is happening, happening to them until, until it happens. So mm -hmm. I feel like, um, we, uh, we can only do our best to talk to our children, but you know, children sense everything. So you can talk to a, children, a child and try to act like you kind of know what's going on. But if you don't, which a lot of us don't, because what the hell is going on right now, these kids pick it up. And if they don't sense, um, security, uh, within their parent, <coughs> I feel like, in the history of me seeing things like that, when a kid doesn't really trust a, a parent, they kind of decide to make up their own path and lane because they're like, how am I going to trust this adult? They don't even, they're not even sure about what the hell is going on. And there's a lot of adults who don't know what the hell is going on right now. And a lot of the times I'm one of them. <coughs> because, so you know. Only one. <laughs> yes, uh, like you said a lot, yes. Um. So we don't really know what this is going to do to the children yet we can see what's happening um like i have a kid who's three and he hasn't known and that's why i called called this song and it messes a lot of people up so when i first wrote the song title down um someone said to me you mean the new normal and i was like no the normal new mm. they was like no 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 the phrase is the new normal and i was like yeah i know what the phrase is but that's not what the song's called. The song's called The Normal New. And they're like, why? And I was like, because what is normal anymore? It's like every five minutes, there's a new normal, which is like, so it's like the new is like the normal. So it's not the new normal. It's like the new is the normal. So it's like the normal new. So it's that's like everything <laughs> constantly is changing. So. I think I veered off from your question again. No, nah, you got it. You got it. I mean, and, you know, not every answer is the answer that is an expected answer, right? Like, I, I'm, you have to be genuine with your answer, and, it, and it's valid. Like, I, it makes so much sense, like, because we're all experiencing this together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so you as a, as, as, a, as a father myself, you know, as a father you know, and so many others, you know, adults still trying to figure this out. And it's a it's a difficult conversation to have with the youth, right. especially when you're talking about different ages, too. Right. Because they're processing things differently at different ages. So right. it, it's 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 like you said, the normal new it's it's a normal it's almost normal 
it's like a almost normal abnormal, you know what I mean? Because we are going exactly. through some uncertain times, and you got to find the normal, normal within that, you know. Um, right, right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So I wanted to talk to you about. I know on the album it also features a number of like guest artists, and you have a a, a variety of MCs that are featured on this project as well. But two prominent names that are on the project is UG of Cellar Dwellers and Graf. And I thought it was cool to see those two artists featured on the album, you know, not taking anything away from the other artists that are also featured on the album because everybody excels on the project. But those two brothers are, like, known for, like, spitting. Like, you know what I mean? They are known for, like, really going in with the bars. Like, talk to me about your reasoning for collaborating with them specifically for this project. Um, so, UG, I've always wanted to do a song with him. Him and Phantasm. It would have been dope if Phantasm was on this song, too. Um, shout out to Phantasm. Um... So yeah, I finally reached out to UG. I've known UG for a few times. I've done a few shows with him. We've spoken a few times, and um, I've always taken note that you know he shows he shows love, and I really appreciate that. So I had this joint, and I reached out like I just took a shot in the dark. I didn't, you know, it's not like I talk to the brother every day, but I know he definitely knows who I am, and we, you know, we spoke several times. Of you know, told him that I came up kind of listening to him when I was like younger in high school and a lot of people was listening to like a lot of commercial hip-hop you couldn't tell me anything i would be like cellar dwellers cellar dwellers cellar dwellers cellar dwellers <laughs> so um you know we came up or i came up and i actually met the brother did a couple shows with him so i reached out when the time and he said you know he was down he was like yo of course bong bong he said something like that <laughs> so and he he returned the verse in like a day or two and it was fire wow and uh so that was super dope. And, um, you know, he's, he's been one of my favorites. So that was like, um, that was, that was definitely a full circle moment. Definitely. Because again, when I was a kid, all types of MCs and I think their, their album realms and reality came out. I think it came out in 96, if I'm not mistaken and 96, 95, 94, those are really great times in hip hop. And that album, um, even when it came out, I don't feel like um, enough people heard about it, but it was so dope. Like, it's still so dope, Realms and Reality. So I felt blessed that um, UG was down to get on the song. And then the song is dope. Like, we made like, we made like a... <laughs> like, it's, we hit it on the head. It's the type of song that you dream you could make with someone that you grew up listening to. Like, that type of song. Right, and I got to say that the song that comes before it they segue really nicely. It's almost like you don't even realize like, oh, you just switched to a new song. But what's dope about it is that, because I think you have Kofino also on that record too, right? He's also singing on yeah. that record. And I think that's the melody as well as his vocals tie in the two, like segue the two records together. But right. what's dope is that you guys are really spitting on the record. Like you, like, did you have any moments between Graf and, and, and UG where you felt like, Yo, I gotta go back and write my rhymes, so I gotta like come a little harder because they are, you know, because of how they are, like as as MCs and, and the and the energy and just the the level of lyricality that they put into their lyrics. Nope. 
I figured you was going to say that. But um, I, I said, let me ask. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, Indeed. Uh, you know, you said truthful and honest. Nah, no, I, I dig it. I dig it. I didn't, I didn't rewrite it. <laughs> I didn't rewrite a letter. Not a period. Not a letter. Um, That's what's up. But you know, those are you know, and as far as um, Graph, um, Graph is like, he's one of my favorites. He, I, I can't. Graph is like up here as far as like lyricist. Um, I, I don't see how Graph doesn't have like more of a following or fan base not to say that he doesn't but um to me man that man is so good at what he does like he's like really 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 good and um so when you say that i rewrite my my raps i mean i not even rewriting did you even have any moments of like you know what maybe i can change that Nah, um, I dig it. No, nah, I didn't. And I suppose what really what uh, would be more uh, clear to you, I suppose what you're getting at an angle, a different angle, is that when I was writing it, was I thinking about who might el- who else might be good on the song? So when I was writing it, um, I knew that I, I was going to body like I okay like, okay. So I, dig um, it. I knew I wouldn't have to rewrite it because. Um, in my brain, I like I said. Remember, I said a, a few uh, at the beginning of the interview. I'm a very competitive person. So in my brain, like if if I know someone else is getting on the song and I have to bury it, I can do that. Is that remember? The- I said English is my favorite topic. So if I if I have a beat and I'm attached to the beat and I know that someone else is getting on it, yeah, I can definitely like pick it apart and make sure I do really really good. Got sure. it. Got it. And it seems like that's the case with whoever, you, whoever's featured. It doesn't matter who it is. You're going to go hard. You know what I mean? Because of that competitive, competitive spirit. Nature. I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the song Creators, which is probably my favorite song on the album. It may change, but I think Wait right now. Hears this shit. What's that? Wait till Chopzilla hears this shit. That's the song that I was trying to make not make the album. He was like, really? it's the best song on the album." The guy who mastered the album, Cold Cut, he um, Chop was like, he said it's the best song on the album, and I definitely was trying to make that song not make the album. <laughs> you know why I think that? I mean, aside from just the 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 awesome production and you know just the way that you're delivering your rhymes on it, I think you say a lot of things in that one song that are like quotables and not quotables in the sense of like lyrically witty quotables, but like little jewels, you know what I mean? Like life jewels or things that are relatable to aspects of life that people have either went through or can learn from. And I think that's what makes the record stand out. And I mean, you do that throughout most of your music, but this one, it shines a little bit more, to the forefront, you know, on the project. So I wanted to ask you, you have a line on the song creators where you say um, that you'd rather be authentic than popular. To be popular, although it's sometimes frowned upon, there's sometimes a financial benefit to that, especially when you think about the social media algorithm today. But even considering that, why do you choose authentic over popular? 
the reason I choose authentic over popular because <clears throat> I always try to like give a different answer, but I'll just pop with the answer that popped straight into my head. I mean, I suppose when an answer is too easy to me, I try to think of a harder answer. And sometimes that's the wrong thing to do nah, because sometimes the answer is not, you don't have to think that hard. Um, but I have I have babies who are, who are watching me. And if I don't, if I'm not authentic, you know, the way they say the sins of the father would be the, the, the kids or something like that. My, my kids are watching me. They're watching everything I do. And sometimes um, I would have some people I know that performed on stage and they would say things like um, the crowd wasn't really for them. And I would say it's, it's not necessarily the crowd that's not for you or your style of music. They can just smell authenticity. So as long as you're, no matter what you're talking about, you could be talking about gangster rap or you could be talking about sewing and knitting. As long as you're on stage and they can smell authenticity, they're going to follow you. Mm. So um, why authenticity over popularity? Because So, so I, I, the reason I, I paused on that and said maybe, you know, I could think of a better answer than directing it you know, my children, because I, I feel like a lot of answers I can just say my children. And there was a time where I didn't have any children. So I thought, what would I say if I didn't have any children? Um, <clears throat> so so I suppose the quick answer is my children. That's an easy answer and it's a good answer. But if I was to think of something like, like suppose you didn't have children, why would you say authenticity over popularity? I suppose for the same reason that you would choose your mother's Sunday dinner cooking over McDonald's. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, it's better for you. It lasts longer. It gives you better energy. It's, it's real. And, you know, it feels better. You know what I'm saying? It hits it's, the soul. It's really, <laughs> really, really who I am as opposed to a carbon copy. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I what, know. Popularity doesn't last. Authenticity lasts. Got it. Got it. I was going to say, like, I know that the question seems like it's an easy answer right and there, I just want to let you know the reason why I asked it is because I really wanted you to go a little bit more in depth as to what authenticity means to you because mm -hmm. I'm choosing authenticity over popular as well but I mm -hmm. you know I wanted to um, you know uh, peel peel the layers off of, of, yeah, of yeah. what it means to you Um, so yeah dope 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 so let's go back to that song again you have a line where you say you are an outgoing introvert who needs space. Can you expound on what your experience as an outgoing introvert looks like? Yeah, yeah, very, very easily, which is, it's, it's a crazy ass thing to say, but I suppose um, that's why I love hip hop, because I know when I say it's a crazy ass thing to say, I know when a lot of people hear the song, there are a lot of people who are like, that's not so crazy. That sounds just like me. And then to um, expound on it is that I'm an outgoing introvert because my first inclination is not to be assertive. My first, um, by nature, I am not outgoing. By nature, I'm laid back. By nature, I have my guard down. By nature, I don't want to be the center of attention. By nature, I don't want to be doing this interview right now. That's that's me. I'm homebody. I'm quiet. I really don't 
I really, I'm, I'm quiet. I don't really talk. I'm not that I'm, but the thing is I'm not shy, but I'm quiet. So I'm really like to myself. So then you have to ask yourself, but you're an artist. You're Simon Marshall Law and you, you've been all over the world and you grab mics and you grab two mics and you're da, 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 da. so what happened? Like, how did you, like, it, it almost doesn't make sense. Explain, Simon. I, I totally get the question. <clears throat> and I'm an outgoing introvert because of the love. I act the way I do, and I've done the things I've done because of the love. So the core of me, it wants to be a homebody. It wants to be quiet. It wants to not talk to many people. It wants to not do this interview. But I love what I love so much, I'm going to be outgoing because of what I love. Because it's it is also who I am, so that's that's what it is. It's a very interesting explanation. I appreciate. Like I love you. it so much, I can do it. Like I do that. I love Word. this. I get it. I get it. Um, I, and I, I'm you're not the first person I've heard. You know, I mean, there's a lot of artists that feel that way, right? Like they, you know, like even in my experience of doing interviews for so many years, there are artists. They just don't do press. <laughs> and um, I get frustrated as an interviewer sometimes with that, but I have to respect it, you know, um, because people got to be their authentic self. Going back to that <laughs> word authentic, right? Yeah. Like I, I know um, I choose authentic over popular, but I know like if you're, if you're going to be authentic, the popularity is going to come too. Right. Or the or the success is really what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So I, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, that explanation. I wanted to ask you because I know you've been doing your your show and it's like a morning show. You do it like every day. Right. <laughs> uh, it was like every you... Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 6 a.m. to like okay. 7 a.m. I was um, like I did yo. It for a year straight, but I took like uh, a couple weeks off recently. Makes sense. Makes sense. Like. I wanted to ask you now that you like you've crossed over into the I guess the podcasting world, right? How has the experience been now? Like I don't know how many interviews you've done with like this where someone's interviewing you since you started the podcast, but is the experience different? Even if just, even with what you're experiencing today with me, is the, is the experience different now that you've already sat in the seat as the host? Coming um, back now as the, as the guest again. Uh, I wouldn't say it's too different. Um, okay. I like interviewing people. It's fun. I like talking to people when it comes down to it. Like I was saying earlier, cause a lot of times you draw things out of people and you find that, um, they are, are more similar to you than you might have realized. Or you might find things about them that you didn't know that are surprising. And I like pulling those things out of people. I like, uh, I know that there's parts of people that they don't always express, whether it's in their song or art. So when I speak to someone who's an artist, I try to find something that they haven't put out there yet. So I think that's pretty cool. And, and when I'm doing interviews, say with you, um, as I'm giving you the answers, I'm trying to intentionally give you things that I kind of haven't said before. And that's the, the type of thing that I would try to pull out of someone that, that like, so I, it's, it's the same to me. I enjoy like talking, you know, 
Indeed, indeed. Even though I might not want to talk when I when you get me to talk, I kind of like talking. <laughs> the reason why I ask you that question, and I'm going to tell you why, is because I did a few interviews this year already, and one is one was with you. I mean, with me being the actual guest, <laughs> right? And it was different for me. I'm going to be honest. It was different for me because I'm usually the one asking the questions. And then now I find that, wow, like, I'm really in this seat you know what i mean giving this side of myself um so it was just it was it was kind of a, it was a switch in in seats but it was a different experience for me so i was wondering you know now that you've done the hosting for like a whole year coming back has it been different but um you you gave a valid answer so i could dig that okay so let's let's talk about the um I want to talk about the last track. It's called uh, Spit Spit It Dad. Let me make sure I got that right. Spit It Dad. Um, tell me how that track came to be. And why did it uh, appear as the final track? Why did you feel it was fitting for you to close the album with this track? Um, <clears throat> a couple reasons. Um, I suppose the main reason was... I can't remember who, I wish I could remember who exactly it was. Let me try to remember. I can't remember who exactly it was, but there was a point where I kept hearing really, really good raps and they were really long. So I was like, let me just write a long ass rap. Cause back in the day before I learned how to count bars, I used to just write long raps. And um, I was just thinking as far as like hip hop and loving it, when I first started, it wasn't about topics. It wasn't about anything. It was just about being in the cypher and just rapping and trying to make someone in the crowd go, oh, or make the mean mug face or put their hat low um, or impress somebody. So I was just like, let me just go in for like a long time and just lovingly make love to the track <laughs> in every way I can. Word porn on a thousand. So um, I got the beat and I just, I, you know, I went in and I didn't really look up until I felt like I had said all I needed to say. And then um, after I recorded the song, it sounded like it needed an intro. And I was looking for a, a comedian to do the intro, like Aries Spirits or somebody. I actually reached out to Aries. He almost did it, but I, I can't remember what happened. Um you know, and I was like, I, I was like, how who could intro this song? Cause I I wanted someone like close to me, and I couldn't think of anyone. And I almost put it on the album with no intro, and then it just hit me like, yo, who can amp me up more than anybody? And I called my four four soldiers in, and they was like, spit it, Dad. <laughs> did you coach so, yeah. them on on what they were gonna say like did you tell them to say spit it dad or did it just happen naturally for them it happened naturally i was like yo just amp me up like you, you know I was, i'm about to rap and just amp me up and it was like yeah we got it yeah dad yeah that <laughs> and that was it it was dope like i heard um i i think it was just one of your sons i know it was it was a number of them in there you know a number of your kids in there at the end of the song but like I, I I recall hearing like one of your sons saying, um, "Oh, did Dad leave the studio open or something like that?" And I oh, it made me think about like how many times have you experienced um, them kind of like going into your studio, um, like are, do are they even allowed to go up in the studio and like experiment with stuff? 
um like like what's that experience like building and and bonding with them in that element you know what's funny that i thought i was like this guy's a genius if he says this <clears throat> and i almost forgot it so the one that said oh dad left the studio open <coughs> i was like is anyone going to catch on because when he was probably six years old he was on my first mix cd at the end on a bonus song and he said in a baby voice dad left the studio open wow so the same kid who's 20 years old said the same thing like you know 20 years later or 15 years later wow yeah um so yeah i've been i've been in the studio since he's he's been five yeah so, <laughs> so um yeah, they all they all love it. They, I mean, I don't want to say they love it, but um, they're definitely used to me being on the microphone in in the house for sure. Got it. And got all it, of them, it. all of them have been on my albums. At, you know, my middle. Yeah, I my noticed that. Child Azariah actually was in the intro for. He did. You know, he was on the normal new. Yeah, yeah. My daughter Nari was on the cover of Imperfectly Perfect. Um, She's on a number <laughs> of uh, of your projects. I see her name a lot on you know a, a number of your projects. Yeah. That's yeah. dope that you include them in, man, and and I think it, it's it speaks volumes to who you are as a dad, and just you know, like they get a chance to experience, you know, the the creation, right? And I, I'm I'm sure that that has a, a a positive impact on them as far as their creative ex, their their creative outlook on life as well, too. Yeah, for sure. Look at the hat. Plug that hat, man. <laughs> I know you I know you got that's the other thing I forgot to ask you about. You got the clothing line and the everybody what is it better? The everybody versus or the the astrology signs versus everybody. Yeah, I messed up by not having one of my shirts on right now. I was like not thinking about it. What made you <laughs> what made you uh wanna go into that whole I guess I, I guess loosely fashion or just just branding yourself um in, in the clothes in the clothing direction um last year during the pandemic i um there's a, a a big gap of the year where i didn't have a job i wasn't working a regular job and while i wasn't working a regular job um i started thinking about uh doing all the things that i love to do including making this album and writing this book and one of the things that i love to do is i love um art and i love clothes i love you know fashion and I was like, you know what? Let me start putting out clothes because this is what I love to do. I love to design things out. In high school, I was, um, I went, you know, I was really good at graphic design. I went to college to be a graphic designer. So I was like, let me go back to, I, I really, last summer when the world was like, damn, they're falling apart. I was definitely in here in the lab constructing. I was like, you know what? The world looks like it's ending. So I'm definitely about to do everything that I love. <laughs> Uh, I, I laugh because I, I laugh at myself all the time because it sounds crazy, but that's the type of shit that I think. Like, yo, I'm definitely about to like do all the things that I want to do. Like, I don't know what everyone else is doing. While everyone else is tripping, I'm definitely going to fall back in love with all the things that just made me happy. So one of those things was um, making clothes. Oh. And uh, it wasn't the first time I've made clothes. I, you know, I've been making clothes since my first album. But um, yeah, man. Everything that I, I, I wanted to do, I just wanted to do it, man. And I, and I know I, I, it was definitely my intention 
to inspire people from the podcast, from the clothes to the album, to the book. I knew what I was doing before I even, I, I saw it coming. I was like, yo, people are going to be like tripping the next two years because <laughs> they're just going to, and I, I almost sensed that people were going to, you, I don't want to say use the pandemic as a reason why they couldn't do what they needed to do, but it almost was like they, it was a, it was a valid reason. Like, I was like, there's no way people are going to be able to do the regular things during the normal new. There's no way. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I don't want people to forget who they are. And the reason why that was so important to me, because there was a time where I'm, I almost forgot who I was. Mm. And, and if I could ever like help someone else to remember the things they love. And that's like, that's what it is, man. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love to see people following who they are and their passion. That's why you and I, Krill, can't see some dope shit online without clicking like. Right. Because it's like, yo, this person's doing something dope. As well, you and I know damn well some people can see some shit they like and keep scrolling. You and I, you know that shit. We'll see this shit. We, we can't fucking help it. Yeah. Because it's, it's like we have that personality. Like, yo, this person is doing what they want to be doing. That's dope. And that's just who I am as a word, like, word. It's Really who I am. I got a chance to read that card that you put up. But I want you to read it so that people know the message on it. Sure. Um, it says, um, this is the Martial Law Good Energy card. If someone gives you this card, they have just done a random good deed for you. It is now your mission to take this card and pass it to another person that you do a random good deed for. This way, the blessing cycle continues. Peace, love, and positive energy. Martial Law. So dope, man. Where did the inspiration for those words come from? Uh, the inspiration for those words specifically, um, specifically those words, uh, that came from me. Uh, I don't, the, the, the inspiration for the card. Um, uh, one day I was in, you know, it happened to me twice, actually. No, not necessarily. One day I was in, I guess that was me doing something nice for someone. <laughs> so one day I was in Wawa and this guy was like, no, 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 no. Let me stop telling the damn lie. One day I was at, a, I was driving and I was at a stoplight and it was mad late at night. And this guy was like, do you know how to get somewhere? And I was like, uh, I was trying to give him directions. And I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'm going this way. I'll, I'll drive that way. And I'll just point to you. So when I drove there, it was like half a mile down the road. It was dark. When I got to the light, the guy was like, yo, thank you. Thank you. He was mad grateful. And he hopped out the car and he gave me this ring. I have the ring over there. And he was like, yo, this ring is a good luck charm. It's always been with me. You know what I'm saying? You did a good deed for me, but I'm giving you something. Just, you know, take this ring and do something good for someone else. Like how you've done something good for to me tonight. So that's kind of where the thought, I didn't think of it then, but when I think of it like out in the future, that's what kind of comes to mind. Like maybe where the seed was planted. And then one day, um, as I was thinking about everything I just told you about, about making people remember who they are and the love and like just remembering that there are good people still in the world. I just was thinking like every day people complain about what's wrong in the world and they never think or really do anything to change it. And they complain and they say, you know, uh, they come up with more reason. They put more energy into why 
they can't help or why they can't do something good than actually thinking about something that they could do. And I thought about this and I was just like, you know, why not do it? If I create like 500 of these cards, I've automatically changed the world. A lot of times, I someone read said the other day, a lot of times we think about um, going back in the past and changing the past so we can change the future. But a lot of times, most of the time, we never think about changing the moment right now in order to change the future. So I was thinking like, what could I do right now to effectively make sure I, I make a change for the future? And I was like, these cards, I put these shits out and you know, I, after I've given them out, they can they can go forever and ever and ever. So I I I, I know I've changed the world for good for for better. So that's um, the intention. That's what the thought was behind behind the cards. That's dope, man. In closing, I want to ask you. Let me just first thank you for your time, for this interview, and and being gracious enough to go through a lot of these questions. But I, I want to ask you in closing, how do you envision this contribution of yours, whether it be the album or the book, impacting others five to ten years from now? Like, how would you like to see this work grow or manifest? The album and the book, um, I want them both to be a constant reminder of who you can be, who you're being the best version of yourself. In, in five to 10 years, I hope people can look back at it and remember during this specific time period, because there's so far, there's never been a time period like this ever in the history of earth i don't think so there's gonna come a time where people are gonna look back on specifically the last two years and i hope they remember my shit and what i tried to give to them and i hope they remember it in it not in a what i tried to give to them i hope they remember it like yo he like yo that's part of history and he was there and he did that for himself, for us, and and during a time where the world was kind of crumbling around, Sai Martial Law was sitting there giving out love upon love upon love upon love upon love. And then it was like, why was he doing it? Was he doing it to get popular? Not at all, because at this point in my life, whatever happens next is I'm okay with. I could sell 10 books. I could sell 10 million like, whatever happens next, I'm definitely okay with. Like, I'm good. So it definitely wasn't for popularity. It definitely wasn't for money. So it's like, why did you do it? Because I definitely just spent a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy. And it's like, why did you do it? I told you why I did it. My mom and my dad happened to actually make a good person. <laughs> so, no, like, no, like, I'm really trying to inject love out into the world because it's looking real crazy out there and i have i can't say i've always been the best person like i've definitely messed up sometimes in my life but at the core of me the introvert outgoing introvert core of me like i want to see people happy i want to see people doing good i want to see 
passionate people. I want to see people creating. I want to see people laughing. I want to see people creating art. I want to see people let that's what that's what inspires me. Like I love to see people following their dreams. I love to see passionate people. I love to see people creating art. So in five to ten years when people look back on this album and this book, I want them to remember that's who Sai Marshall was and that's what he helped us to remember. Well said, well said, man. And I, I, I hope that that happens. I, 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 but I, I strongly believe that's going to happen either way. Because you, you, a lot of what you just spoke about was legacy. You know, um, and you're building it on so many different levels. Like those cards alone <laughs> is, it like, even if you didn't put out the book, like those cards alone go so far. But the fact that you put out a book and... It's part your story, your you know your autobiography part, like you know self help and the things that you've learned, man. Fifty two laws. That's that's a big deal, man. <laughs> you know that's a lot for people to learn from. So, Sai, I want to thank you so much for taking the time for our interview today, man. You made it to episode eighty six, so I'm um, I'm excited. Uh, to have you on, man, and I wish you much continued success. I, I usually would ask, like, what's next for the artist? But, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know what's next. I mean, like, I, I, I'm hard-pressed to even think of, like, what else is next for Cy Martial Law? Like, um, is there something else you want to achieve that you have not? I feel like you've you've done it all. Like, and, and I'm not saying that you're done. I'm just saying, like, You've done so much. Like, like, care to expound on where you think you would want to go next? Nope. But we'll it's just, coming. We'll just see. Yeah, it's coming. All right, For I can sure. dig it. All right, man. So uh, I want to thank my brother, Sai Marshall Law, again, man. And to all of our viewers and listeners, make sure y'all go check out our website. Uh, it, again, it's outtheboxmedia.com. We have a number of episodes on the platform that going all the way back to 2009. I just did a real thorough count, and I think I did. I, I'm, I'm, I'm over at least 150 artist interviews in total. Um, so it, it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. So if you haven't caught that, <laughs> oh, is that okay? Okay, is that a hint? Is that yeah? A hint? You could interview posthumous. If you could interview any posthumous person, who would it be? You asking me? Pa yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Like all right. So let me get let me get through this part first, but I'm I'm gonna get back to the question. <laughs> um. So um. Yeah. So let me just say this. So yeah. Just make sure y'all go back to uh, outtheboxmedia.com and check out our previous episodes. And remember, every Friday we put out a new show. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed yet. All right. So let me uh let me shift gears. <laughs> so what was your question again, Sai? So if I got a question for you. Any posthumous hip hopper, who would it be? Easily, MF Doom. Mm. Easily, mm. I, I, I and 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 I said this the I, I guess at the end of the early early er, very early in the year when we did our MF Doom tribute show, I said it to John Robinson and to the audience as well. Doom was the 
was a big inspiration in me, not necessarily starting out the box, but continuing out the box. His music brought a level of excitement to me that made me like extremely happy about hip hop, like literally happy. Um, and unfortunately, I never got a chance to interview him while he was alive. And not that I didn't try, I tried. <laughs> um, but um, I do regret not, you know, trying again. You know, I, there came a point where I didn't go back to the, to, you know, you know, reaching out again. Uh, but um, he would definitely be, you know, I, I, there was one time where I said to myself, if I ever interview Doom, I could be done with all of this. Mm. And there was a point where I said that. Um, and I, I mean, now in hindsight, I probably would still continue, but he was the pinnacle of, of, of uh, who I wanted to interview uh, posthumously. I don't know if there's another artist that, I mean, of course, you know, if I got the chance to interview Tupac, you know, or Biggie, like obviously, you know, but you know, Doom was my favorite MC of all time. So, and 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 if for anyone that knows me, I'm not a my my top five are not everybody's top five. You know what I mean? My top five or my top three, let me just be more narrow, is MF Doom. Brownsville Kai and Elzai, and I've said this a number of times. So you don't see Jay-Z or Nas in my top three. They might be in my top five, but I'm 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 connected, you know, to what I like. And that's usually not everybody's favorites. So um mm -hmm. I wanna say that I've interviewed pretty much everybody that I always wanted to interview anyway. Mm-hmm. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a round of applause. Word up, word up. Let me get that. All right. <laughs> Yo, man, it was a pleasure. My pleasure, brother. Thank you for having me Indeed, on. Indeed, man. So um, we're going to definitely keep connected. Make sure um, you tell the people where to go find, you know, all of your work, the book, everything, where where it's at, where they could um, make sure they keep connected with you. Hiphopintheflesh.com. Um, you know, there's a lot of places, but that's why I built hiphopintheflesh.com. So you could always go there and find everything else. So just check out hiphopintheflesh.com and you will find everything else. Thank you very much. Peace, love, and positive energy. Right. Martial law. I'm going to put that up right now. Hiphopintheflesh.com. Yeah, make sure y'all go visit that website. And I love it. Like you you can probably just, like you said, you it's like a portal to everything, right? Now the book is on Amazon. It's it's Kindle, but there's also the physical book, which you know, um, if you can get the physical book, it's dope because there's a coloring book, and um, people can actually get their creativity on. Look at that yes, book, sir. man! Huge book too, man. <laughs> That's what's up. So, Sai, man, thank you so much to all of our listeners. Make sure y'all go check us out at outtheboxmedia.com till next Friday when we do our next show. Um, actually, I got an announcement that's coming up. Uh, so for all of those people that check me out on the on the, on social media, uh, make sure you go to Out The Box Media on Instagram, also Out The Box Media on Twitter, and Out The Box Radio and Out The Box TV on Facebook because I got an announcement coming up, something big I've been working on as well, Cy, um, that um, I want I want folks to know. So I'll, I'll make the announcement soon, but it'll be on the social media pages. So go check that Yo. out. All right. So um, 
again, man, thank you again, Sai. Uh, to all of our, our listeners and audience, you know, I want to say peace, love, and light. Stay healthy, stay focused, stay safe. Till next time, we out. Peace. <laughs>